Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there. This is the Beluga Tunes podcast. Andy here. Right, um... Uh, yeah, th- thanks very much. Yeah, that's that's the bit I was getting on to. <laughs> Mine went blank there for a second. Thank you for deciding to listen to this. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's coming up. Um, <laughs> quick, quick, come on. Chop, chop. Whatever Works. That was the film that I I had the task of watching. Uh, and and it didn't, I didn't get distracted this time. That's a good sign. <laughs> like, they'll give you an idea of what I thought of it. And I'll, I'll be talking about about that uh, very soon um, I get nostalgic or at least I talk about the topic of nostalgia because over the past few years it's something that I've become increasingly interested in um, I, I also talk about Beluga Weekly number 121 and why I, f- I actually felt that that one was quite funny um, yeah uh, that's, that's quite an old one isn't it 121, because I'm in the 300s now. I, I have lost count, I'll be honest, I can't tell you off the top of my head where, where we are. But yeah, um, so all of that and a bit more. There will be a six minute shout out. I just, I, I, I'm I, not going to spoil it, so there's not really a lot to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so I'll, I'll get on to the, the, uh, the film segment, or pod flicks, I think I'm, I'm going to call it. Um, whatever works, the... 2009 film with Larry David uh, right now uh, is what I'm going to be that, that's what I'm going to be talking about and you will hear me reveal the title of the film I shall be talking about in the next episode I liked this film a lot this this really was very nicely done, I must say. Yeah, um, and, it, and it's funny because it, it, it is kind of hard to talk about Larry David without bringing up uh, Kerber Enthusiasm. Um, and that said, uh, I I have seen a few episodes of Kerber Enthusiasm. It's another one of those programs that I thought was very good. Somehow, I, I, I didn't become a proper fan. I, I didn't... Um, I, I don't have I don't own any of the DVDs, any of the box sets or anything, um, and I, I literally I haven't, I haven't watched it at all since university. I think I think I watched a few episodes while I was sort of going through university, and yeah, um, I like it. I, I think it's a good program, but I, I didn't really give it a proper chance. I just I know that I liked the episodes that I saw, uh, and Larry David is another person I was, I was saying this about jack nicholson that you know, that, that kind of um it, it's, it's amazing how likable he is when he's playing a part even when he's, he's playing someone uh who, who isn't the nicest 
person, like the kind of person you'd like to meet in real life. You know, uh, Boris. This the, um, he, he's just he, he speaks his mind a lot to the point where he just upsets people left, right, and center. Uh, but he doesn't care. It's like you know, he, he likes to um, be really realistic to the point where you know he, he's pretty much suicidal because. He doesn't believe that, uh, that there's any point in anything. It's, it's um, everything's terrible. There's a, the the bit that yeah, this really made me laugh when I watched the trailer for it last week. Um, there's a line where he says, "I'm dying, I'm dying," and then his wife is, is like, "Shall I call the ambulance?" And he says, "No, I don't mean tonight. I mean eventually." And that that tells you so much about the character, the fact that uh, he's so self-loathing and so brutally honest about everything and um and doesn't sugarcoat anything to the point where it's just <laughs> it's, it's like a, a dangerous levels of bitterness um and yeah it's another film where the tone uh just just it, it works so well as a comedy um that you know on paper a lot of this would seem really unpleasant uh, and nasty but you know, it, it's that awkward kind of comedy, and um, the, the story is actually quite sweet. I, I, I like the the the, the characters, uh, you know, um, this, the chemistry that goes on between the you know the, these these two people who meet by chance, and um, uh, and and it does play with the idea of fate, um, how it's it it, it is actually very. There's actually something very romantic about this, this idea of the sort of chaos theory element, where you know nobody can determine um, that, that that these two people who, who gel so well together would, would ever meet, and I, I think it's another film where you, you can kind of see a lot of realism even in the really absurd parts of it, because you know, it. it it's the old style of of, uh, of comedy, where pretty much anything is possible. I think the um, the idea of Larry David narrating and like making eye contact with the audience and acknowledging them, because the other characters have no idea who he's talking to. They think he's going mad when he's he's, he's doing the, those um, uh, just the. Um, you know, acknowledging breaking the fourth wall, acknowledging the audience. Uh, to them, it seems really peculiar, like to passers by. Everyone just thinks he's he's mad at that point, uh, and that worked quite nicely. Uh, you know, it, it, it's taking the familiar uh, narrative device of. Uh, um, I I actually think of it as Alfieing it because. I just think of the film Alfie when when you see a character just turn to the camera and be like, you know, explain what, <laughs> who these people are, just completely break the fourth wall and and you know, it you know, it's the kind of thing that has to be it has to be done well, and it is done very well and, and I think it it was quite refreshing to to actually get a reaction from the other characters like who is he talking to? Yeah, so. That was very funny, and I thought the ending was hilarious. Again, I'm not going to spoil it, but 
there, there is something that something about it that's unpleasant and also just uh, strangely amusing. That's all I'm going to say because uh, I I do recommend this. Uh, would I watch it again? Yes, it's it's a very funny film, um, and it is just about time I think to to reveal. Yeah, um, yeah. Why not? I'll, I'll do it now. <laughs> I won't pad this out any further. Tell me, internet, what film will I be talking about in the next episode of the Belugatoons podcast? The end of the affair. 1999. Did you pick up a chessboard full of pieces and hit my son with it at his lesson today? That idiot's your son? Do me a favor. Don't send that cretin to me anymore. I can't teach an empty-headed zombie chess. I will have you know that he is a very bright child. In your opinion. In, In your opinion, which is skewed because he's your unfortunate issue. So you threw a chessboard at him? I didn't throw it at him. I picked up the board and dumped the pieces on his head. It is six-minute shout-out time, so let's spin that internet wheel. There it goes. Where, oh where, would it land? Would it land on a YouTube channel? Would it land on a Facebook page? Uh, somebody else's podcast? It's slowing. Ooh, what's it going to land on? Oh, it's a TV show this week. Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, um, I, I did bring this up uh, in a previous episode when I, I heard the news that uh, Weird Al Yankovic um, had joined the um, the Comedy Bang Bang team for the IFC series, um, which I had been following. I, I'd, I'd watched all of the first four seasons and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it, it it's, it's a very crazy random show, and if you like crazy random stuff, then... I, I do I do suggest checking it out. Um and so I was overjoyed when I heard that Al was gonna be the, the new band leader and co host because I I'm a big fan of his work. He had appeared as a guest on the show a few times in the past. Uh and, and so there was a there was obviously a bit of a familiarity to it. Um so now the new season has started, this is season five um now with Weird Al as the co-host and yeah um I, I've really enjoyed what I've seen so far let's see how, how many episodes that will, it will be four I've seen I've seen the first four episodes because that the, they are from what I've heard they're, they're going to be showing them in double bills every week um this is great if you've got IFC um I, I heard that Netflix have some of the if you want if, if you're new to the show um, Netflix is probably the the best means of watching it in the UK. Um, so yeah, um, but uh, I, I recently watched uh, episode two, which had uh, the Lonely Island uh, as the, uh, the the guest guest appearance. <laughs> yeah, um, and there was this very bizarre. Um, kind of side plot with Weird Al um, falling in love with a computer and, and, and having a, like a short-lived relationship and the the end of the episode was it, uh, was done as a as kind of a homage to the movie Annie Hall 
And it was incredible. I mean, for a start, Al was definitely trying to sound like Woody Allen in this this sketch. And <laughs> it was a pretty awful impression. I mean, <laughs> I'm guessing it wasn't supposed to be that great. <laughs> You could you could tell who it was supposed to be. They 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 did manage to kind of capture because you know it's a parody. So yeah, um, uh, so it, it was uh, was done very much in the, the, the same tone as the ending to Annie Hall. Yeah, um, so that was really funny. Um, I, th- I think um, Al doesn't get to do much in the first episode. But after that, things start to get more interesting. There was there's another episode where everything's done like a um, a reference to us to one of Hitchcock's films. They'll do a Birds reference, a Rear Window reference, and Vertigo, and and, and even the the opening titles are, are given a, a really Hitchcockian makeover, and <laughs> yeah, uh, that was clever. Um, so yeah, uh, and uh, I yeah I'm I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so because um, yeah, I I first started listening to the Comedy Bang Bang podcast back when it was Comedy Death Ray. I believe this this would have been like two thousand and ten. I want to say. Um. And it's funny because the first episode I, I I started listening because Weird Al was a guest on this episode of the podcast. Um, I think it was his second appearance. One thing I know is that um, instead of Scott Ockham and uh, Paul F. Tompkins was sitting in. Um, so the first time I listened to the podcast, that was sort of my introduction. So no Scott Ockham and... Um, uh, the guests were Weird Al Yankovic and Tignataro, and they were both really good sports. And they, um, yeah, I liked how because at, at this time they were they they would play a lot of comedy songs. Like it, it was done like almost like like a traditional radio show where there'd be a bit of talking and then they play a record. Uh, yeah, uh, and it, it, it's not really like that anymore. Um, I do still enjoy the podcast. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, and, and I think it's funny because, uh, I, I hadn't heard of Paul F. Tompkins before I listened to th- that particular episode, um, but I, I am now a big fan of his, like, his, his stand-up and, uh, the shows that he's done. It's, it's interesting because I was a big fan of this show in the UK that was simply called The Sketch Show, uh, and the comedian Tim Vine was one of the cast members on that show and um there were there were a few sketches he was in that really you know stick in my mind and then when i saw the american adaptation which had kelsey grammer uh and paul f tompkins um because paul seemed to be playing a lot of the roles that tim vine would have played in the english in the original english version the the, the british version um Including my my favourite, which was the I Spy sketch. So yeah, he was like um, T- Tim Vines, American doppelganger. Golly, 
We got the fump. Ladies and gentlemen, comedy fans of all ages, Fump Fest is back. Featuring performances by 2D6, Carrie Dalby, Tim Cavanaugh, Tivo Spice, Dino Mike, The Gothsicles, The Library Bars, Mega Thruster, Rob Paravonian, Sea Monkey, Zach Shornick, Tom Smith, and Worm Quartet. And this year's guest of honor, Paul and Storm. George R.R. R. Martin, please write and write faster. Please give us boiled leather and sigils and steel. Fump Fest is taking place August 26th through 28th at the Elk Grove Holiday Inn in Chicago, Illinois. Tickets for the weekend are just $50. Join us for live concerts, panels, even more dumb parody ideas, demented karaoke, and the death of Sea Monkey. Visit Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Come to register for the event and reserve your hotel now. That's F-U-M-P-F-E-S-T dot com. It's funny because I'm pretty sure this, this week I've got to, to do a, a positive um, Beluga Weekly segment. This is when I talk about an episode of Beluga Weekly that I thought turned out quite well. Um, and it, it's getting hard because I've ended up with one where, you know, I, I don't know if, if it is one of my favourites. I, I feel like I could I could almost talk about this um, in, in one of the, on one of the other weeks when I'm talking when I'm talking negatively about my work. Um, but I just thought, you know, I, I, um, it, it's still the the idea of it brings a smile to my face. To be honest, um, this is Beluga Weekly number one hundred and twenty one. Uh, this went up uh, now it, it, on on the Picasso web server. Um, it would have been the twentieth of May. It says here, two thousand and eleven. Yeah, um, and the, the, it's actually it's, it has a very outdated reference. That's one thing that I, I will say. Um, it, it's just one panel. It's this uh, studio set uh, that has this white robotic bear that uh, is just dismembering a random person. And in the foreground, we have a caricature of Jason Bradbury saying, Oh, bad luck there, Peter. Tune in next time, folks. And until then, remember, don't scare the bear. And, you know, I suppose I thought this would be funny because 
around about that time, there was a TV series called Don't Scare the Hair. This is what was on BBC television. I'm not making this up. It's, it, it, it happened. Uh, from what I gather, it was not a very successful show. Um, I, I only caught a, a glimpse of some of it. I, I wouldn't say that I, I know it that well. Maybe it was a success. I, I, I won't act like... I Because, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm anything but a critic. That, that is not, not part of my... Um, that's, that's not really in my wheelhouse, but... Um, I kind of wanted to make fun of it because I just thought, you know, this was a program where you had an actual robotic hair, um, and it it was quite it seemed quite strange to me. I um, uh, and and it's a game show in which contestants have to try and avoid uh, alarming it. <laughs> Hence the title, "Don't scare the hair." So yeah, I um, because I'm a fan of puns. I just thought, what if it was "Don't scare the bear"? <laughs> and then it made, I just realised, then it would be a robotic bear, and if you scare it, it would defend itself, and it would probably kill you. And so then I thought, well, there it is. There is the next episode of Bluger Weekly, and I suppose this was also a time when I, I wasn't. Um, I had no objection to uh, straying from the, the kind of tradition that I had going of of having these characters that I'd created. Because I said, I've got one random person and a caricature of a TV personality in this one. And, um, and it was just a way to kind of uh, take the focus off the usual Beluga Weekly stuff and just poke fun at at TV um, so it, it still you know it, it still kind of makes me smile I, I, I kind of like where I went with that idea it's a bit unfortunate though that um, nobody seems to remember don't scare the hair because um, that's the thing I I probably would have done the same I would have done the same thing even if this show did carry on if it, if it was still something that people were talking about you know like all the other popular game shows it was unique let's face it you know how many other shows do you know that, that involved a, a robot that you have to stealthily move around like you, you, you could you could make something quite exciting a sort of a crystal maze type of game show with that idea um so yeah and um it's not that I thought it was bad. I, I just, I just feel like it, it, it didn't become, yeah, it, it didn't reach kind of weakest link level popularity. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, Jason Bradbury was a good choice, you know, because he, um, he, he's, he's, he's into robotic stuff. He, he, he did the Gadget Show, I think, from what, what I can remember <laughs> um yeah and uh so i because i i think what i'm finding is i i i can't make fun of things because i feel like um they deserve to be made fun of um when you're satirizing something it has to be done with passion 
regardless of what you actually think of the thing you're satirizing and um it it does tend to involve research you know you've got to actually pay a bit more attention than what i actually did i suppose uh, uh, but uh, yeah I've, I, I've kind of reassessed my my attitude towards uh, satire since then best case scenario you might get some superpowers worst case some tumors which we'll cut out i believe in the past i have talked about nostalgia and the fact that it seems to be quite a powerful thing and has a powerful effect on a lot of people and i'm hearing a lot of stuff online um and i think it came to my attention um after i joined deviantart that a lot of cartoonists um seem to to get indignant sometimes about um the state of modern television and it kind of bugged me and I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it and I concluded eventually, I think quite recently actually, I, I just thought, the thing is, nostalgia is great, it sh it's a wonderful thing, it should be something that makes us feel better. Um, it allows us to uh, feel glad that we existed at a certain time and um, and and I, I feel like you know, it, it's it's not worth getting indignant because, um, well, simply because, it, you know, you're not going to be happy that way. <laughs> You'll be a lot happier, kind of accepting that things do change. There are a lot of things that uh, we are nostalgic for, um, but at the end of the day, it's all subjective. That is a, a key thing, um, and uh, it kind of sounds like I'm saying, or you know, just. You know, who, who cares about what you like? But you know, I, I you know, I have, I had a childhood. <laughs> we all know what it, what it was like to um, have things that we have a strong connection with. Um, and um, the thing is, I almost felt like I, I didn't quite get people who felt that way, who kind of felt sad, or, or um, kind of openly hate it when franchises are rebooted because that's happening a lot now and it's it's true that um hollywood are relying um heavily on nostalgic things just bringing them back and most of the time apparently not putting a lot of effort into it i mean i say apparently because i suppose first of all again it's a subjective thing and also because i generally don't watch these reboots, you know, I wasn't, I didn't get in on the Transformers live action movies mainly because I didn't play with Transformers so much as a child, I wasn't that into it. Um, but yeah, I, um, I just tend to steer clear of those sort of those sorts of things because they, they don't really they don't entice me that much. So I suppose it's quite easy for me to say I don't really connect with it, you know, I've, I've never felt wronged because of their existence um so yeah um and and a really big one because we've got the new ghostbusters coming out later this year so many people are ranting about it like it hasn't even come out yet and people are acting like it's it's the you know it's, it's already been ruined for them and the thing is i get it if you have a strong connection with the original film that like ghostbusters and ghostbusters 2 you know, I like those films. I've got them on DVD. Um, 
you know, I could just say exactly the same thing as I've just said, you know, don't worry, just let, let the nostalgia be something that will make you feel good about it, be glad that you grew up then. But I shouldn't say get over yourself. And I, you know, it, it's funny how I, I feel like there's, there's kind of a, a balance in place now because I recently saw the new Nostalgia Critic episode. Um, it's for the Gem reboot. And the thing is, I didn't know what Gem was until very recently when I saw the Robot Chicken parody. Um, so it, that's not something that I grew up with, but uh, Doug, Walker, Doug Walker did say long before he did, he did this review that based on what he saw on, on the trailer for Gem, um, he, he could tell that they weren't following it closely to the original source material, which isn't always a problem. But uh, he had to watch the film for you know in order to do the review, and um, he pointed out that even as someone who didn't grow up with it, he feels like um, it, 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 it's kind of an insult, uh, especially because apparently, according to the review, the review he did, you know, he, he he went into this publicity thing that um, that went on where uh, the producers of the film um, they got. F- Fans of the original cartoon to talk about how much they love Jem and basically to say we love Jem and you know and you can kind of see where it's going. They they got these people recording themselves on their phones saying they love Jem and they took it out of context and used it for publicity for the Jem reboot. Um, and that got me thinking because. I felt really strongly that, you know, people shouldn't get so indignant uh, about reboots being made, you know, and I still feel like the existence of these sort of, sort of films, that it, it it's nothing to get frustrated about, um, even if, you know, children are seeing these and they decide that they like it, let them like it, you know, we, you know, we, we all have, because, you know, this might be... They're going to find things that they'll be nostalgic for that not everyone gets, but to them, you know, they'll they'll have a connection. It's subjective. Don't worry. But the review made me think. You know, I think I feel like now I have a bit more empathy for people um, who who don't enjoy seeing their their favourite shows from their childhood um, getting this sort of treatment and that kind of manip- manipulation. Because yeah, you know, I, I think the, the the studios that are doing this, yeah, they they are do you know they 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 are doing some pretty awful things, you know, to, to manipulate fans of of this, this this old cartoon and um and try to you know all, you know only just 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 as a cash grab basically, um yeah. I, I can see where the where the frustration comes from, in a way, and yeah, it's interesting because I, I may be starting to to turn around. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, because it, it, it I think it's become more of an interesting subject now that I I can see that side of it better, um, and it's making me wonder because, um, like, like I said before, I had a childhood just like everybody else. But does it actually mean the same to me as it does to everyone else? 
I'll take uh, two cheese pizzas and some crazy bread! <laughs> well, the time has very nearly come for me to send you all on your merry way once again, and uh, this is the part of the podcast where I, I let you know about the comic book club at um, the Goblet's Wine Bar on Above Bar Street, Southampton. This takes place on the third Thursday of every month, 7pm to 10pm. Yeah, um, they have a Twitter, at CBC Sutton. Sutton. S-O-T-O-N. Yeah, um, and you can also find the Comic Book Club Southampton Facebook page, just to look that up. Yeah, um, belugatoons.com, that's my website. B-E-L-U-G-A-T-O-O-N-S. Uh, there's the Belugatoons Redbubble store as well, where you can get t-shirts, mugs, lots of, all sorts of different merch. Uh, that's belugatoons.redbubble.com. And the Belugatoons Twitter is at Belugatoons, and there's also at Belugatoons Pod, which is the the um, the feed for this podcast. Yeah, and I, I did what I said I was going to do. I I um, found myself adding some more links and retweeting things that are kind of relevant to the uh, the stuff that I've been uh, been droning on about in, in all these episodes. So yeah. Um, do check that out. Um, if you want to let people know about this podcast, then I should remind you this this is this thing is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Deezer, and Acast, and MagCloud as well. Mustn't forget Mag uh, MagCloud. No, not MagCloud. Why would I put it on MagCloud? It's not on MagCloud. It's on SoundCloud. Uh, if you've not heard of MagCloud, that's a site that I used uh, to print my comic books, um, and that, that's that's why I that mistake it's, it's on my mind a lot so there you go uh that's the blue Tunes podcast this week thank you so much for listening uh, do take care and bye-bye don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 